Have you ever gotten to a point in your life where you just feel like what you are doing just isn't working anymore? You know what? I think we've all been there, and we're going to talk about that today on Truth Tuesday. So a few years ago, I had this van. Now, if you know me, you know I've got a pretty large family, and I've had multiple kids, and I've been a dad for about 16 years, and I've had multiple kids, you know, for I had my second uh, 14 years ago. So I've had kids for quite a while. And so with that ushered in the era of having to have a minivan to travel around in. Well, you know, vehicles aren't cheap. And and so I've always been in a mode of, you know, I'm going to fix what I've got. You know, you just, and, and anybody, anybody that owns a vehicle, we're all there, right? Like these vehicles, they just break all the time. So we get pretty accustomed to, you know, things happen and we repair them. Well, a number of years ago, I had this minivan, this this blue minivan. I won't say the maker model, you know, just in case, but, uh, this van, we had a really serious issue with it. We were driving or my wife was actually taking it on a trip and the transmission died. The transmission completely went out. Well, you know, if you've ever had to have a fix like this, what kind of cost is associated with that repair? Well, we went through that and it took, it was a long process. We had to get a rebuilt transmission put in and it was a few thousand dollars, very expensive. And then we got the van back. And within a month after having the van back, this was after a couple of rounds with the transmission. The wiring harness burnt out on the van. And that was another big expense. And then we got the van back from that and something else burned out. Now, keep in mind, this was not a new vehicle. There was no warranty. There was nothing like that. This van had probably close to 200,000 miles on it, right? And here I am. Here I am trying to keep this thing running that just continuously time after time after time had issue after issue after issue that caused the van to break down and be unusable. And I spent thousands of dollars trying to get this van to run. Now you're probably sitting there on the other side watching this video going, duh, man, this old vehicle, dude, cut your losses, move on. You could have taken that money and put that into something new and different. And you know what? You are absolutely right. But in the moment when I was sitting there trying to think through what to do and how to make these decisions, all I could think was, I've already put so much money in. I have got to get this thing running. I'm already so deep. I've got to see this thing through and get this thing back on the road. And I fell into something called the sunk cost fallacy. Now, maybe you've heard of the sunk cost fallacy. Maybe you haven't. If you haven't, I'll explain briefly what it is. The sunk cost fallacy is a mental, or it's a thinking fallacy that basically tells us that we need to continue with something we have invested in despite diminishing returns. Let me read you the actual definition. It's a phenomenon whereby a person is reluctant to abandon a strategy or course of action because they have invested heavily in it. And here's the key part. Even when it is clear that abandonment would be more beneficial, even when it's clear that cutting our losses and getting out of there and moving on would actually be better for us. Now that can go into financial decision-making that can go into like what I mentioned and just putting all this money into a car. It can be as simple 
as sitting through a movie that you don't like at all simply because, hey, well, I paid the money for the ticket. Maybe I should wait this thing out. Or, hey, I've started this project and I've already put some resources into it, so I better see it through to the end even though I feel like it's a waste of my time. You know, the sunk cost fallacy, it can play out in many examples. And maybe you're sitting there thinking of an example right now. Maybe there's something you're doing that you kind of feel, yeah, I know that it would really probably make more sense for me to let this go, but I've already gotten this far. It's extremely common. And you shouldn't even feel all that guilty if this has happened to you, because I think this has probably happened to most, if not all of us, over something, because it's a part of human nature. But there's a great old piece of wisdom that comes up with this as well. And you've probably heard this saying, and I've already used it a couple of times, right? In this video, it goes like this, cut your losses, cut your losses, know when to let it go, know when to move on. And for me, a lot of this comes in with my time, right? Time is limited. Time is valuable. And if I'm putting time into something and not getting results or getting diminishing results, and I know that it could be better spent over here, you know what? I'm better off just cutting my losses and moving on. And so what does this have to do with the scripture. What does this have to do with Truth Tuesday? Well, I'll tell you what. There comes a time, and what we can learn from the sunk cost fallacy, what I should say, is that there comes a time where we really need to admit to ourselves that what we're doing just isn't working. What we are doing just isn't having the results that we would like to see, or even having good results at all. And when we run into these situations, We need to cut our losses and move on. And to me, when I think of the sunk cost fallacy in a personal way, I'm drawn very much to the decisions we make that separate us from God. Those sinful decisions, those desires that we have, those actions that we do that actually create a wedge between us and God that make it harder to establish a strong relationship, create effects in our lives that are negative And that we could rectify by turning around and going back to God, by living the way that he desires, which ultimately is the most productive, positive, beneficial thing that we could do for ourselves and our lives. I want to read you a couple of scriptures because really what what I'm talking about here is repentance. The idea of repentance. Repentance literally means to stop doing one thing, to turn away from it, and to do something completely different. If I have a problem with lying to people, repentance would say, okay, I admit I've got a problem with this activity and I need to stop it. And from now on, I'm going to do the opposite. I'm going to be truthful. If my problem is stealing, taking things that don't belong to me, guess what? I'm going to admit that what I'm doing is wrong and I'm going to turn around. I'm going to do the opposite. You know, I'm going to make amends for the things that I've taken and I'm going to stop that behavior. And this applies to all these different behaviors. Those are just a couple examples. But let me read to you a couple of scriptures talking about this. We're going to go first to an extremely well-known scripture. We're going to go to Acts 2.38. The apostle Peter is preaching right here and in his message, he says these words, Acts 2.38. Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. But Peter lays out very plainly here that guess what? A part of the salvation process, 
a part of coming to know God in the fullest possible way involves repenting and not doing those things that God does not desire us to do. It's extremely plain, and Peter lays it out right here. Now, there's more to it than that because repentance isn't just about following a rule. It's not just about getting in line. Let's look at the book of 1 John. We're going to read two verses in the book of 1 John, verses 8 and 9, where it says this, starting verse 8, if we claim we have no sin, we're only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. So, newsflash, we all do things that are sinful, okay? Verse 9, But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. I love the language used here in 1 John. Think about that. Let that paint a picture in your mind. What happens when something is cleansed? What does a thing have to be before it can be cleansed? Before something can be cleansed, well, let's let's pick pick an example. I have five children. What these children could do to a dinner plate after eating is really incredible. The amount of mess that needs to be cleaned off of this dish, right? And yet, if you take this dish that's covered in dried bits of old food or whatever, you know, you've, you've done dishes. You know how dirty things get. Take it to the sink and begin to cleanse it. All of a sudden, that, that grime is removed, that that filthiness is removed, and it shines, and it is clean, and it is, again, useful for a purpose. That is the image that John gives us here. When we repent of our sins and we turn back to God, we're not just following in the way that he wants. In a very real sense, God takes us and cleans off all the gunk, all the crud makes us a beautiful, shiny thing, and then we are purposed for what he wants us to do. It's, it's, a, it's a beautiful process, and I love that language. But it doesn't even stop there. I want us to go back to Peter for a second. Let's look at some more words that Peter has in his sermon. We're going to Acts chapter 3, verse 19. Peter is, is speaking again, and he says these words. He says, Now repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. And check this out. Then times of refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord, and he will again send you Jesus, your appointed Messiah. Check that out. And then times of refreshment will come. Have you ever been locked in a bad decision-making process or something you know, you know it's bad for you, every time you do it, you know it's a bad decision. Every time you do it, you kick yourself. Maybe you feel guilty, but there's some kind of negative repercussion from this continuous activity that you know is self-degrading and bad for you. I think we've all been there. You are not alone in that. I've had these experiences. I've known, everybody I've known has had these experiences. The way out is through repentance to God because not only does he cleanse us like we saw in 1 John, but I love what Peter says here. When we repent, he says, times of refreshment will come. And wouldn't we just love to have the burden to have the weight, to have the pressure of the results of these bad decisions come off of our shoulders. And that is what Jesus does. That is what God does. When we turn back to him, 
times of refreshment will come. So I would just encourage you, if you're struggling out there today, if there are things in your life which are keeping you separated from God, if there's decisions you are making which you know are bad for you, do yourself a favor. Do what God desires for you. Repent of these things. Turn back to God. It is his desire to cleanse you, to clean you up, and to give you refreshment. Take that weight off of your shoulders and give you some peace. Be encouraged today and turn back to God and happy Tuesday. Thank you.